Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. What a pleasure it is to be able to be together to sing praises to God. And um, I want to share with you, Monday night I got home from Bible study and um, there was this beautiful lady called my wife, uh, watching the television, (laughs) watching TV, and she was watching uh, the Oprah Winfrey interview with with Megan and and Harr, and so, you know, you walk in, how are you doing, kiss, shh, (laughs) and so what's going on, oh no, talk after. And um, you wonder, what is the motivation behind all of this? (laughs) What on earth got into somebody to actually go and talk about these things? Now, I've not watched the full interview, so I can't comment uh, from first imaginations. But you wonder what's going on there. Then I'm reminded of our Lord Jesus, who came in on a donkey rather than a stallion. And he paraded in absolute humility rather than glory. And he gave his life rather than demanding our lives. And this morning I want to share with you uh, why motivation matters. Why do we do the things we do? And you know, sometimes we call it a brain snap Sometimes we ask question, where did that come from? What possessed us to do this? You know, in, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus speaks, and he just, in, in uh, Matthew chapter 5, given the Beatitudes. And then he gives these six examples of how the Old Testament understood or interpreted certain things. And Jesus comes and he speaks about each of them, anger, lust, divorce, oaths, uh, retaliation, and loving your enemies. And he gives us how we are to practice these disciplines today. How we are to live our lives uh, in the kingdom of God. And there is a danger of becoming so legalistic that we can miss the point. We become so pious and arrogant and feel that we, we are better than everybody else because we don't struggle in other areas that certain people do struggle in. And so Jesus comes and he wants to uh, focus uh, on some of the ways we practice things and what is behind, what motivates uh, all our actions and the way we do certain things. Because... Motivation is important because it actually gauges where our hearts are. And we can go through the motions and they can become really hard work. But instead Jesus says, you know, that we are to do it with our hearts. Let me give you some examples of them. I mean, you know, uh, we can go on a diet. And I know what you're thinking, Christopher, is you're overdue and I agree with you. (laughs) I'm overdue more than one or two. So we diet and then we call that fasting. We invite friends to have a meal together, 
knowing that there's a good chance that they're going to pay. Or, you know, we discipline our children in anger, and then we say, well, you know what? It's so we can have a bit of silence, so we can read the, the Bible. What is the motivation behind it? Sometimes we serve others only to get something in return. We're nice to them to get something back from them. Sometimes we do kind things anonymously, but secretly we're waiting for that recognition. And we all long for that. We don't like rejection. But why do we do certain things? We give people stuff that we don't want. <laughs> we take our old microwave, we put it in the new box, and we give that new box with the old microwave to the church. Maybe you guys can use it somewhere. We thank you for that. <laughs> but sometimes, what is the motivation behind it? Well, Jesus raises the bar because... Um, you know, God doesn't desire sacrifices. He wants our heart. And Paul writes about that in Romans chapter 2, verses 25 to 29, because he talks about, you know, not the circumcision of the flesh, but the circumcision of heart. And that word circumcision talks about setting apart. So he's saying, I don't want circumcision of the flesh, but I want circumcision of heart. I want your heart to be cut out for me. But we long for public recognition. We want the cameras to be on us. We want the focus to be on us. And so sometimes we come to church so other people can see us. So we could do it in public. And we give to those in need just so we can feel good about ourselves. It's getting quiet out there. <laughs> and I think Jesus warns us against this because it's extremely dangerous for a couple of reasons. I think firstly because, you know, we can fake our way with God and we can get away with it. But the only one we're fooling is ourselves. And I think the second reason why it's dangerous is because we can fake our faith. And rather than allowing God to make us righteous, we make ourselves righteous. So self-righteousness begins to creep in. And we don't mind growing in that area. And folk, fundamentally, it's the difference between religion and relationship. The difference between religion and and relationship. And Jesus warns about hypocrisy. And you know the word so well, hypocritis, somebody who comes under the plumb line, under the standard. So they set themselves a standard, but they, they're not able to fulfill it. It's like an actor who puts on a fake face. Eventually, it's got to come off. Eventually the heat is turned on and that makeup begins to melt, if you like. And so Jesus teaches his followers the difference between going through the motions and having a relationship with him. Now let me give you a little bit of background information here because the Jesus wants us to practice these spiritual disciplines. 
And Richard Foster's got a, a great book called Celebration of Disciplines where he talks about um, scripture memorization and Bible reading and prayer and how to grow closer to God. And so Jesus takes three of these disciplines and he, he takes what the, the Old Testament writings are about them and he wants them to be applicable for the people at that time. And so he, he takes uh, the, the issue of giving to the poor, about praying, and about fasting. And so I want to deal with each one of these and how Jesus spoke and addressed each one of these. The first one, giving to the poor. In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4, Jesus says this. He says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, you have received your reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, according to the Old Testament, Wealth and having possessions and money is a loan from God. And so he calls us to not necessarily keep it all to ourselves, but to add to others. And so, you know, the reason for the filling is the overflow, whether it's possessions or spiritual matters. He fills us so we can overflow onto other people's lives. And so he, he blesses us with material possessions so we can give to the poor. And in the New Testament, the synagogue was put in place for that particular reason. And so they would bring their possessions, those who wanted to give to the poor, to the synagogue, and those in charge there would be able to distribute that in an orderly fashion to the poor. But instead, they turn that practice into something that is not good. And there is a lot of power when you have possessions, because when you're able to give to those who don't have, you can often uh, use it as power to cover your sins. Power to cover your sins. And we know that that's what took place just before the Reformation. And that's why um, Martin Luther uh, got upset, because they were selling Forgiveness, as it were. And so you begin to see that the power of a wealthy person is extremely dangerous. Also, you could also redeem yourself uh, through any calamity and death. So they felt that the more I give, so I'm able to buy life back. And Jesus doesn't applaud them for this, but he warns them against that. And he says, be careful, in verse 1 there, be careful. And the word careful there means, listen, be careful because it's like a ship that is um, on the ocean. Be careful you don't run it into the land. It's dangerous. Be careful, he's saying. Don't get addicted to these things because they could become extremely dangerous because you have the ability to get addicted. Does that make sense? Be careful because you have the ability to get addicted. No wonder Jesus says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Be careful, he's saying. 
And then in verse two, he says, listen, don't be like those hypocrites who, you know, who in the synagogue and on the street to be honored by others. And the word honor is the same word that's being used to glorify God. So you can receive glory from God. Be careful because your name is magnified rather than the one who gave it to you. And he says in verse three, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I love those two words, do not. It's two letters in the Greek. It's the word me, like M-I. When I grew up and I was gonna do something wrong, mother's eyes were on me and she would say, me. And I knew exactly what she was talking about. I interpreted the Greek pretty well there. Me, do not, <laughs> or else, you know, me, do not. And then he says, listen, when your father who sees what he's done in secret, in private, why? Because your heart has been circumcised, will reward you. And that word reward will give you, he will deliver what is yours, he will render to you and restore what is yours. And so he encourages the followers of, Christ, of himself, Jesus, encourages us to give with pure motives as if their right hand does, know, does not know what the other hand is doing. Now, folk, that, Jesus is not trying to be silly by saying that to them because obviously your right hand knows what the other hand is doing and the other way around. But he's saying be careful, be careful because you can get into trouble. And then he talks about prayer, prayer. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others, to be shown so they can shine. Uh, that's the word there, so they can shine uh, in front of others. He says, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. That word unseen, your father who is unseen, often comes up when we do things, we are to do it so we are not seen. In other words, that we are unseen. Because our father is unseen, we know that he is there. We are to do things because we're doing it as unto him. And so he links those two together. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not me keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, folk, we know very briefly that there were three times to pray. Once, uh, uh, pray at dawn, and we read about that in Psalm 5, verse 3. And then in the afternoon at 3 p.m. Um, and also at sundown. And so here in verse 5, Jesus is talking about the afternoon prayer. When the congregation gathered, there was a huge trumpet that would sound to inform people. If you go to some of the villages uh, uh, in Europe nowadays, you hear uh, the church bell ring. It's, and five minutes, it's basically calling people to come to prayer. And so he's saying to them, listen, when that trumpet sounds, don't be... Uh, at found at the busy time in the afternoon, because people will go uh, after prayer and buy food for the evening, the marketplace will be full. You know that the streets are busy. Don't be like the hypocrites who stand on the street corner and babble. Uh, the word babble there um, is, is basically a word that means they, they are like stuttering. 
They're stuttering. They, 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 it's almost, they, they are tedious in the words that they say because they're not really meaningless uh, or meaningful. They are actually meaningless because they are babbling, they are stuttering words that actually don't make sense. But instead, God hears what we are saying. And so Jesus warns uh, this Jewish audience and he says to them, don't be like those hypocrites who stand in the co- in the street, on the street corners. On the contrary, Jesus is saying, go into your room, close the door. And I don't think Jesus is necessarily speaking about us literally doing that. You know, and in secret so no one can see you. What he's saying is that if your heart is in the right place, you won't be standing on the street corner like those hypocrites who babble and stutter nonsense. But instead... You'll go and you'll pray because the one you're praying to, because you have a relationship with him, is the one that hears and sees you. And you say to me, well, if Jesus knows and hears and sees and knows my heart and the words I'm going to say, why do I do it? Because in James chapter 5, it says the prayer of a righteous person avails much. And if you look at that passage in its context, it's actually coming side to side with what Jesus is saying. You begin to line yourself up with the will of Jesus, with the will of God in your life, and you will speak those words that God has given you to speak because you're lining up with his plan and purpose. So you won't be babbling and stuttering nonsense. And then shortly after that, the first time and only time that the disciples asked Jesus to teach them something, (laughs) you know, because they knew it all. But they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. Fasting. Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 to 18. When you fast, do not look somber uh, as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will be, not be obvious to others that you're fasting but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Again, don't disfigure your face, he's saying, you know, um, so it looks obvious, you know, and draw attention to yourself, and you look somber uh, and mournful and angry as if, you know, you're carrying the world on your shoulders. No, instead, you know, because it's so obvious you're drawing attention to yourself. In the Old Testament, fasting was a good thing, and just as much in the New Testament and to to this very day. But it was this voluntary going without food or drink, Uh, perhaps uh, for a significant event like asking God uh, to discern uh, what you need to do, what is the next step, and perhaps you were mourning, or they called a fast when there was a national crisis. Essentially, it's about denying yourself and humbling your soul. Denying yourself and humbling your soul. And same with giving to the poor and prayer. It's not about me. It's about God. And he says to them, listen, when you fast, you're not doing it for the approval of others. Oh, so hungry now. Oh, why don't you eat? No, (laughs) fasting. (laughs) Woe is me. I hope, and we blame God for that. You know, he called me to a fast. How bad is my life? Go and have that $5 burger after the service, you know, as long as your heart's in the right place. 
says, put oil on your hair, you know, put makeup in your face, wash it, do whatever you need to, so you don't draw glory to yourself. You say to me, well, so what, thank you. Uh, how does that apply to me? How do I implement this today? Because if Jesus spoke to those people uh, at that time about giving to the poor and about prayer and fasting, it's a dangerous discipline. It's a very dangerous discipline. I don't want to get into that difficult situation. But if you look at that next slide, there's a beautiful passage there. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. And it says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly, for physical training is of some value. But godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. He says, decline, avoid, reject some of these godless uh, myths and old wives' tales. But instead, um, train yourself. And the word train there is the Greek word uh, gymnazo, where we get the English word gymnasium. You go to the gymnasium and you go and exercise. He's saying, go and train yourself. It's a verb. Go and train yourself in godly matters, in holiness, in the things of the gospel that will glorify God. Because your heart is in the right place. Because you desire to grow in the things of God. And so we need to spend time in worship and meditating the scriptures and reading them and taking them in and serving other people. But we've got to do it with the right motivation. And so I end off by asking you uh, a couple of questions. Jesus asks you as he asks me, why do we do the things we do? <laughs> what is the motive behind our actions? And he wants us to desire what he desires, to glorify, to make famous, to, to lift our eyes and, and give praise to him, the author of life. There are two tins of Coke here. Coke, no sugar, I might add. <laughs> and they're exactly the same in appearance. But folk, the one who has uh, the, the things of God within them and the right condition of heart will stand strong. But the other one who goes through the motions also looks good, but at the end of the day when the heat is turned on, will crumble, will crumble. And so what is the reason we do certain things? May our hearts be motivated by the right attitude and by the presence of the Holy Spirit that we will not draw glory to ourselves, but will draw glory and give glory to God. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for our word your word to our hearts. Thank you, Lord, that it's not by might nor by power, but only by your Holy Spirit that we are able to accomplish these things that you've called us to. And so we pray that you will fill us afresh, Lord, with your Holy Spirit so we might be found faithful in doing what you've called us to do. And so, Lord, we beg you to come and fill us afresh with your goodness and your love that we might do it with the right condition of heart circumcise our hearts we pray and set us apart for your honor and for your glory fill us lord we pray in jesus name amen
We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.